Good evening and welcome to Educationally Speaking on KBMR. This is the radio show that looks at all educational topics in our local schools. I'm your host, Scott Lane, Nevada County Superintendent of Schools. And with me, as always, is Kim Ewing, Nevada County Schools Arts Coordinator. Tonight, we're not going to talk about COVID. I think everybody, you know, I, I mean, it's, it's a big deal in our schools and we get it. And, and uh, I just like to acknowledge as a superintendent of schools, the amazing job our schools have been doing, our staff, our students who are, who are probably handling this better than any adults out there. They're amazing. Our parents who are, uh, you know, it's hard. You get a call, you got to come pick your kid up. They're home for five days, 10 days, nine days. It just depends on what regulation we get on a Monday from the governor and CDPH. <laughs> Um, but, you know, I so appreciate everybody uh, and the patience and, and the hard work around this. So we're going to celebrate tonight a great thing going on in our schools. And there's a lot of great things going on out there. They just you look and it's amazing. Our teachers in this county are so resilient. They just keep going for the kids. Um, even when they're home for 10 days on COVID, they come flying back and they, they've just got 10 more days of ideas and better ways to teach. So uh, amazing. But we're going to talk about a, a, a theater production at Nevada Union. Uh, really excited about this. Sounds like a, a great, uh, a great play. Um, and they're doing it. And that's exciting. Uh, the show must COVID, go on, right? The uh, ship must go on. The ship must go on. And uh, we're not hearing any rumors of shutting ourselves down more. So the ship is going full speed ahead. And and then I'm sure we're going to hear some of the challenges about putting this play on when you may have some kids there and are some students there. Some need to go home. Uh, you probably have 12 understudies for every position. At this point. <laughs> um, but we're thrilled to have Rob Metcalf with Rob Metcalf with us. And he is from the theater department at Nevada Union. Rob, welcome. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure. Absolutely. And for those of us, for those longtime listeners of the show which we know there are many of you out there. Uh, you may remember that we had Rob on because Rob was our County Teacher of the Year a couple of years back and well-deserved yeah. for the uh, amazing work he's been doing at Nevada Union uh, and, and leading the charge of theater production. Thank so you. Rob, so we got this. Kim and I were so excited, especially Kim being the arts coordinator. This is right up her alley. You sure bet, um, yep. But Rob, tell us a little bit about yourself. Remind our audience what exactly you do at Nevada Union, how long you've been there, what you oversee, what program. Well, I oversee the theater program. Um, I've been here, I've been teaching for 23 years. I think this is my 17th year at Nevada Union. You start to lose track I and you it. remind yourself and then you second guess yourself again. But it's somewhere <laughs> in that ballpark. <laughs> um, long enough to where, you know, I'm dreaming about it and it's it's all we do. Uh, so um uh, we do run the theater program and um, it's been it's been growing. Kids are resilient. Uh, we try and put on high quality plays. I like to say that theater is the content that I teach, but really it's social emotional learning that kids come out with. The idea of facing their fears of judgment, which is so strong for high schoolers, wow. um, stepping forward and performing something and being vulnerable uh, and realizing that not only will it not kill you, but you grow from it. And so many kids get so caught up in the fear of presenting in public that they, they instinctively learn to shrink. And our job as performing arts teachers is to teach them to be authentic and not to worry so much about what other people think, but just to express yourself as honestly as you can. And kids come out of my program as well as the other performing arts programs better equipped to handle adversity, to handle the things that, that make them 
withdraw into themselves sometimes to where they can stretch themselves and become better people. I, I, yeah, it's it's amazing. Now, you and I have talked to the past, so you can take the shyest kid at Nevada Union, bring him in to theater class and work with them. And all of a sudden they come out a confident uh, young adult at the other end. And the, the things you teach, yeah, going into job skills, just an interview. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it, it's so critical. You know, it's one of those things that there are key things that should be mandatory for everybody. I, I think your program should be one. It's all the ones I've taught auto shop. Everybody's yep. going to have a flat tire. You're going to yep. need to know what to do, you know, um, you know, and cooking classes. I mean, there's just some really key fundamentals that make you a better person. Uh, your your program is one of those amazing transformational programs. Uh, Thank you. Kids. Yeah, it, it's super important. Um, how many sections of theater or, uh, you know, do you teach a day or how, how does that work? Well, I'm full time. So um, I'm teaching five sections, um, three beginning, which are packed to the gills, um, 36 kids uh, wow. per um, to competition, uh, which in different times we would go to theater competitions with <laughs> high schoolers. Right. We're not doing that so much for the last two years, but they're focused more on small pieces, monologue scenes, uh, Shakespeare, uh, voiceover work. Um, it's really them kind of cutting their teeth outside of the beginning program. Mm -hmm. And then one section of production, which puts on the school play. And I always get kids come in from beginning from middle schools where they put on a school play. play. Are we going to put on a play? I'm like, sadly, no, because that would mean I have to put on five school plays in yeah, five nice. different classes. And so really there is a, um, a kind of a leveling up effect where the beginners come in and uh, they learn a lot of the basics, but mostly they're building community. They're building a, a safe environment that allows them to take the risks that will be necessary once they get to the state. And then the competition class, they're doing a lot more projects um, going in a cycle of feedback and uh, growing from that. And then in the production class, they're ready to fly. And um, obviously the stakes are higher because we have outside audiences paying for tickets. Um, yeah. So, so it's, it's an exciting ladder that they climb. And some kids are happy to stay on the second rung and never get to that production rung. And some kids want to jump right from beginning to production. And that does happen as well. Yeah. You bring up a really good point, And I hadn't thought of it till right now is their experience in a middle school will have been if they're joining theater, it's a play. That's what you do. You sign up, you do a part. Maybe you're doing lighting. Maybe you're the lead, you know, whatever. But you're doing the play, not really realizing all the background work that you do to get someone ready for a higher level of, of a play or production at the high school. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Because um, in middle school, you'll largely have a, a, an experienced adult who's giving you directions, um, telling you what to do, when to do it. Um, you obviously have a lot of work to memorize lines and remember your blocking, but the adult is really guiding your choices a lot of the time. Once you get to the high school level and beginning, we have projects and I'm not directing um, the projects. I'm setting them up. I'm telling them what I'm going to be looking for. And then they rehearse. And a lot of students find that they lack uh, the discipline to rehearse on their own, mm -hmm. to set it up and be prepared without an adult leading them and guiding them and setting their pacing for them. And so um, there's a lot of times that beginners are learning the pitfalls of procrastination. Mm -hmm. right? When you're having to cram right at the end and all of a sudden you're realizing you're going to have to perform it for the whole class and you're not prepared because you haven't been working so hard. There's a lot of lesson in that. And I can tell you that my production kids, I just came from rehearsal just now, um, they are so prepared well in advance. In fact, this group, I've never had a group that's been so prepared in advance with their lines and their blocking. Wow. Um, and, and that comes from 
not necessarily their successes in the past. It kind of comes from their failures in the past where they're like, that was uncomfortable mm. to not be prepared on the performance day. I don't want to do that again. Yeah. So they've learned from that experience. Um, we really emphasize in the beginning class that you will learn so much more from your failures than you will learn from your successes. And while we don't encourage failure, right. we understand that it's all good learning. Yeah, it's all part of life. And it's a, such a good lesson to learn that when you fail, you, it's not over. It's you learn from it and you move forward and, and make that mistake. Great lesson. Absolutely. And yeah. you're being bringing up blocking. And Kim, I think you had a block type question, but not what Rob was talking about. Oh, <laughs> blocking in what sense? Scott? In sense of scheduling. I think being you. Oh, were, yeah. Was, yeah. So, well, what I guess this is the year, Rob, that things have changed in the sense of scheduling at the high school level. Can you talk a little bit about the block schedule change and, and how it's yeah. influenced your, your classes? Yeah, we went from six periods to eight periods. We went from seeing all six of your periods in a day to seeing um, four periods every other day. Um, we've increased our time in classes as a result. So now we have you know close to 90 minute classes. We get a lot more done. Yeah. Um, kids get a break. I, I hear so often kids talk about like their favorite day, right? Oh, Wednesdays and Fridays are my favorite days because they have the classes that they really like. Imagine the difference from a kid who woke up and was dreading a particular class every day to a kid waking up and saying, this is my favorite day. And they mm -hmm. come to school and they're excited about that day. Um, so the block scheduling in terms of enrollment has increased significantly because kids have a lot more choices now. They get two extra choices mm -hmm. for every year. Right. And so they're able to take classes that they never could fit in their schedule before. This has helped, I think, significantly for kids' mental health. Um, they have some times where they're just allowed to do ceramics or photography or cooking or auto shop or drama. Um, kids usually had to kind of be a one trick pony where they would mm -hmm. say drama is my thing. But now I have kids who are taking drama, culinary and choir all mm -hmm. in the same year. And, um, and they're learning so much and, and it helps us all for them to change modalities and focus their brain in a different way. Um, and then to have a break from it for a day and come back the following day. We at NU had to create a tremendous amount of sections above and beyond what we even planned for because we were so over-enrolled in the electives classes. Um, there's a lot of teachers who are teaching an extra class beyond full-time. There are a lot of new hires that have come in. Um, so, I mean, my perspective, nothing but roses coming from this. And we're still tweaking it. We're, we're still learning from it. And we knew there'd be growing pains and we knew there would be... Um, some hiccups here and there, which there have been, but just like with COVID, our staff, our administration, our district, our superintendent's office have been so flexible with um, addressing problems and, and putting them on the table. If not immediately, then for next year, we're already mm -hmm. talking about some changes for next year. Mm -hmm. So um, I just am so pleased that our school district um, was farsighted enough to see this coming and see that six periods a day um, was an antiquated system and something needed to change. Yeah. I know. And like you said, with all of the challenges, you still are making a show, Rob. Can you talk to us about your show that's coming yeah. up? Yeah. You know, it's Puffs. And, um, and it's a very familiar world that this play is based off of. Um, a world uh, about a boy who lived, a world about a boy with a funny scar on his forehead. You know this boy. Oh, boy. Uh, most, know this boy. most people yes. know this boy. But we can't say his name. We can't say his name. <laughs> okay. You know, it's taboo to say his right. name. It's kind of like walking under a ladder. You just it. don't do it. 
<laughs> so um, the lovely part about this play is uh, a group of very creative individuals um, wrote it tongue in cheek, um, working around the, the copyright issues that, that would be apparent. And, um, and it became very successful and they took it to Off-Broadway and it's been one of the longest running Off-Broadway plays in history. It's still wow. going. Um, and it's a ton of fun. And the idea is that it's the seven years that are reflected in this universe, um, but from the Puffs perspective. And um, the Puffs are um, the group of people who never thought they would change the world. They're mm. characterized as being kind, fun, sweet. And... Um, just people you'd like to be around. And so it's from their perspective, which hardly gets mentioned in, in the alternate universe. And these characters are endearing. And in the end, uh, there's a lot of great lessons learned, but it is, you know, not for the people who always come out victorious and, and get all the attention in my life, but important nonetheless. Yeah, so it's basically the, the supporting characters, they're the stars, there are no stars. It's the support characters now are, are the main, the people that, yeah, the people oftentimes in movies or things or plays you watch, but I wish I knew a little bit more about that person. Right. And now they are center stage. Yeah. How many, how many characters are in this production? Ron? Well, there's, um, it's written for a cast of 11, but okay. I want to say there's, I, I don't even know the number, but I want to say upwards of 40 characters that are reflected. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, um, in the off-Broadway play, um, the actors change characters frequently. And in ours, we have 22 kids in class, a little bit, 23. And um, so we have opening weekend, 11 kids are playing the principal characters and the other 11 are playing all the alternate characters. Um, and then we switch second weekend. So the alternate characters become the principal characters, vice versa. Um, it gives a lot, it gives a lot of opportunity for variation. It gives a lot of opportunity for um, support because if, for instance, Kim's playing the principal and I'm playing the alternates, um, I'm going to learn from Kim and Kim's going to learn from me. And then we're going to switch. We're going to share ideas and we're going to learn what's good. And we're going to, and nobody's feeling like, well, that was my idea. I don't want you to do it on your turn. That's not the case. Um, people are talking and sharing. So there's a real collaboration going on, which is so representative representative of the Puffs personality as it is. Um, my cast is a lovely group of students and um, very supportive very hardworking. And I'm kind of happy to say almost all of them would be puffs were they in that world. Uh -huh. So it comes real naturally to them. They're just kind hearted, sweet people, pleasant to be around. Nice. How wonderful. And do you yeah. always switch roles for uh, principals and alternates every weekend in your productions generally? We do with a few exceptions here or there. Um, if there are two actors who can both nail the role, I'm going to give, I'm going to split it. Mm -hmm. um, there have been a couple of instances where there's only been one actor who really could nail the role, whether it's singing or something like that, in which case they get to play both weekends. But that doesn't happen um, frequently. And don't you think what's it, how do you think the benefit of that works for each child? It seems like a lot comes out of that. A lot comes out of that. The collaboration is obviously a huge thing mm -hmm. um, from a program a director's point of view. Um, it keeps kind of their feet to the fire because if one of the two is really slacking, um, they're watching the other be really successful. And that's right. motivating. Yeah. It is motivating. friendly competition or absolutely you know, bringing it to the table. Okay. Yeah. And, and then lastly, um, you know, we're not talking about COVID Scott, but yeah. should someone get sick, I've got a backup who knows both parts. That's oh yeah. So that's really COVID. wise. Yeah, COVID proof. <laughs> 
Yeah. Which which brings up a question I had is during this, and, and how I, I guess the first question I would be is how long have you been rehearsing for this? What, what's well, we really time? started. We really started when we first came in, but we we in the drama program put a. Uh, high price tag on building community and culture first. Mm -hmm. So we can't just launch in. Um, We read the scripts. um, We watched the off-Broadway production. We um, asked for which roles kids were most drawn to. We did the casting. um, We did the read-throughs. So, you know, there's a whole process that goes up. I would say we really, in earnest, started rehearsing early October. Yeah, and that's when their characters started coming together. Kimberly, you know, just as well as anybody in the theater community here that the work really begins when the memorization gets pretty solid, when they can just have their scripts in their hands as a crutch, but they're not looking down and reading. And that really came right around just after Thanksgiving break. So up until then, we're working on blocking and blocking takes a long time when you have a a number of people on stage. They're writing it down. They're learning how to take notations for blocking. So right around after uh, Thanksgiving, things started getting really fun. And maybe you could quickly uh, tell our audience who aren't as familiar with plays and terminology, what is blocking? Movement, your movement on stage. Right. Yeah. Just, and your character's itself. motive of moving, right? Motive Which is movement. part of the character choice. Yeah. And, you know, blocking for this play is tricky because there's a, it's a really fast place, paced play and there's four doors and three alternate entrances so Uh people are coming and going all the time and if they don't get the timing right um this show drags yeah i'll bet and with that since you've been working you know that that long going with covid and i'm sure you've had key members of your uh, theater group go out for multiple days that might that must have been a tough on not just the entire cast because you're feeding off each other and working together we open a week from today, and I have six people out with COVID already. And and so for our audience, and not just now. No, that's, yeah. there's more in the past, but yeah, just keep cycling. Right, and we're actually we're broadcast. We're we're recording the show before the first weekend. However, when the show airs, it will be after the first weekend. And let's hope by the we'll show time and the time this airs, we've got everybody back. But the odds are probably not. Um, just given with the surge we're experiencing in Nevada County and. Uh, yeah. It changes daily. But yeah, that extra dimension you've had to to deal with and your student and your performers as well with, with COVID. You know what's lovely about that, Scott? And, and I'll try and reflect on this as best I can. There's so much out of our control that I have never been less stressed for a play in my life because I don't worry about things that I can't control. And the students who normally a week out would be really stressing about it are just like, it'll be whatever it will be. And we and we know that we've worked hard on it. We know that we've given it our all. Right. And more importantly, we know that we're having fun and building memories, right? right? And so where in years past, outcome is really something we focus on and we worry about how it's going to be perceived. Um, the kids are just so dang proud of what mm-hmm. they've done that however it turns out, they will be ecstatic. And I think the audiences are gonna feel the same way. They're gonna be sitting in there. They're gonna be saying, no one's been able to perform live for two years. Look at these kids yeah. up here doing this. They could have, they could be going home after school. They, they don't have to be memorizing scripts. They don't have to put themselves in, in danger's way, right? And, um, and they're choosing to do it anyway because they're creatives and they want to live life to the fullest, the fullest. And what's out of our control is out of our control. So there's a beauty in the acknowledgement 
of just going with the flow on this. And I think the audience is going to feel that too, Rob. I was, I went and saw a play in Colfax high in the fall with a friend of mine and it was so enjoyable to see yeah. these students absolutely in play on stage and yeah. enjoying themselves and mm-hmm. flourishing with relations on stage and embodying other characters. It was just such a pleasure. And yeah, things happen that were probably wrong, but as an audience, you won't know. And you'll just be happier there. Yep. I think people will be absolutely thrilled that they can come out to the Don Baggett Theater, watch the play, see the kids, something they've missed. And I'm sure that that sense of calmness has a lot to do with your leadership, with you being calm. If you were stressed, you know, trying to control those things that are out of your control, the kids or you, the students pick up on that and, and would filter. Yeah. No, you're right. I'm awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and I knew Wait, we talked before the show, we needed to cover that. So we got that covered. We're good there. Check, check. <laughs> Um, as long as we got that point made yeah we got that we got that cross (laughs) what's your stage set like are you like costumes and set is everything ready to go full sound full lights full costume full set Mm -hmm. um it it looks really it's a beautiful looking play i have a student designer tiernan um who is a senior this year who programmed all the lights all of them and we spent all of winter break coming in i didn't touch it i'm just like Go for it, Tiernan. I'm giving it to you. And wow. talk about rising to the challenge. This kid is going somewhere with, with technical theater or whatever it might be. Just an amazing, and an amazing human. Mm. I've never seen him get flustered. He's just wow. calm and kind and nice. All he's the kid you'd always want to have as a parent. Ah. <laughs> mm. And in theater productions, that's the perfect person to have on your staff yeah, yeah. selfless with his time nice nice and apparently you know i like the uh you know there's, there's the the two uh what we call descriptors that come along with your the flyer that goes with it you mentioned to play for anyone who has never been destined to save the world which i think is 99 percent of us we can all relate yeah. to that uh and then the other one is seven increasingly eventful years at a certain school of magic and magic so clearly it goes over <laughs> seven years and, and we talked a little before the show started like why the word use of magic twice but that appears to be a secret from the writers that we know not um, it just rolls <laughs> off the tongue it just does i like it <laughs> well rob maybe you should tell us how if our listeners want to and they should come to see the show it's already had its first premiere weekend nope. by the time this, by the time well, we, yes, by the time you're, yeah absolutely. by the time we have the show on, and we will say KBMR. it's gone incredibly well it has it has standing <laughs> innovations Full houses. Full house. Excellent. How can people get tickets for the last weekend, the first weekend in February? Super easy. Inudrama.com. Okay. So if you go to inudrama.com, there's a press release. It'll tell you what it's about. It'll tell you the dates and the times and the prices. Mm-hmm. Um, there'll be uh, a button for purchasing tickets. So that that's your go-to spot. It's a okay. spot. And, and it's on, is it Friday, Saturday, Sunday or? Thursday, Friday, Thursday, Saturday Friday. nights at seven o'clock. Right. Perfect. And, you know, I'll just throw out there um, because it, it's always kind of like my, my soapbox. Um, I, as a consumer of theater, when I purchase a ticket, I have a certain expectation of quality. Um, I put my money down, right? And, and if I hear a show's great, I'll see it. If I hear a show's, eh, I may not, right? I think high school theater is a little bit different attitude to take towards that. Um, I put something uh, and I've seen something online where it says, um, if you want to have this and it has a picture of the cast of Hamilton taking their final bow, mm-hmm. um, then it says, then you have to have this and it has a kid, uh, a bunch of little kids in children's theater taking their bow. And I think when it comes down to it, if I could 
appeal to the community's sense of community. It's that just come and see it to support these kids, to put your money where your mouth is, so to speak. Um, we hear a lot of disparaging comments about education and, and all the things that, that go along with that, especially um, with the COVID stuff going on. Um, this is a group of kids who is embracing it and is doing their best to do something productive that is growth oriented. And so don't just come at, to see it to have a good time, which you will have a good time. Come and see it to applaud these kids mm -hmm. and to encourage them to pursue their engagement in life. I can't think of a better way to spend. Yeah, I would agree. Just excited. It's so exciting to have live theater back yeah. in the schools after an absence, of, too long of an absence um, by circumstances out of our control, as you said. So coming yeah. back, back strong with that. Kim, do you have Rob, any oh, yeah. I just was going to ask if Rob, after this show, you know, how do you choose productions? I know you don't even want to think about the next one, but <laughs> um, I'm just wondering how you decide. Is it just how your group comes together that you decide or do you propose uh, plays to your production team or how does it work for choosing your, your plays? We definitely look at the group of kids um, mm -hmm. that we have either this year or next year. Um, we look at name recognition for the plays because we do want audiences to recognize the play and come see it. And, right. Um, we also look at level of difficulty based mm -hmm. on like, if it's a musical, do I have enough singers? And that usually is yeah. a big deal. Um, so those three things combined, um, the last would be the difficulty of the set. Um, is it, does the set change? And if it's moving from scene to scene or act to act, can we do it? And that's always, that's always tricky. And can we do it well? Because I had plays where the set changes took way too long mm -hmm. and the audience just sits there and twiddles their thumb and it's, it's really a drag to the pace of the play. So uh, those three things are probably the main ways. And we do do a read through. We, I have a couple that I suggest and we get together and we read at round table. And, and that's the kids wonderful. Get, yeah. Yeah. Kids got really excited about puffs last year. There was a huge amount of enthusiasm when they read it. Just, it. it just sounds like a fun play. It is. No, it just, it's a great premise. A it's just a sweet play. little satire. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Feel oh, good so play. it's good. It's satirical with comedy. Oh, my, all of oh, us. Oh, it, it makes fun of the whole world. It's all a parody. Just <laughs> what we need right now. Just tongue-in-cheek parody. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I'm definitely coming. I'm very excited. And You'll love it. Um, I just wish you luck. I, I know that this will be that this is the most enjoyable being a, a student director of plays myself. The hard work is actually almost already done. And now you just get to sit back and watch the, the magic, yeah. magic, and magic. Labor. <laughs> Absolutely. magic and magic. Yeah. Yep. Yes. Make sure we get both of them in. Yeah, well, we've got about a minute left, Rob. Anything else you want to tell our audience or tell Kim and I or get out there? You know, I'll just reiterate what you said in the intro. Nevada County, you have got such an amazing group of professionals in your education system. And we'll live a day in the shoes um, mm -hmm. and you'll see um, just how durable teachers are, admin. Um, we are working so hard, not for ourselves. We are working for students and everything that we do is geared towards students. And sometimes we make mistakes, um, but I think we've really been doing quite well given the circumstances. I see the commitment of my colleagues um, and, and I'm astounded every day to know these folks. I agree. Yeah. I wholeheartedly agree. It's, it's been amazing. It's been a, it's been an honor on my part to be part of this whole thing of all the schools moving us forward and getting us through this. So, well, with that, Rob, we wish you the best of luck on weekend number two. Thank uh, you. And uh, Kim and I will, will plan on being there. 
Thank you so much. Um, and we'd like to thank our audience for listening. Uh, this has been Educationally Speaking on KBMR. On behalf of Kim and myself, have a great evening. Take care and be safe out there.